Now, you might think we've chosen a really unusual name for our podcast. Gavin, do you want to give any background as to why we chose the name Unscalable? Yeah, so I guess after selling Sendable, uh, the company I founded uh, about 12, 12, 13 years ago, um, it was clear to me on reflecting on how we grew over the years that the things that really moved us forward in the biggest way uh, were the things that were less obvious, the things that were more kind of out of the ordinary or unusual and made us stand out as a business. The things that I like to call unscalable, those things that you can't necessarily repeat easily over time, but things that create an impact on your customers and on your employees. I think also the things that you can't really measure. We kind of hit a few crossroads where we, were, we wanted to do things. We wanted to launch certain things, but there was no way to measure things, things like brand awareness. There was no way to measure the return. There was no way to decide whether it was a good investment, but we just kind of knew that we wanted to get our brand out there. So if, if um, leads came from that, then that was great. But if it didn't, then it just helped accelerate our brand. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think one of the biggest things we did that are not measurable, or that is not measurable, um, that had one of the biggest impacts was where we took the time to kind of build the brand. Um, this is about two years ago where, you know, I, I took the time to think about what our brand meant, what our values were, and kind of just reset where we wanted to be. So in this episode, we wanted to talk about why it's more important than ever to build your brand. And I'll be sharing some strategies with Martine um, just to show you how we've gone about establishing our brand at Sendable. But before we begin, we're going to start every episode with a quick icebreaker. Uh, in this week's episode, I'm going to ask Martine a quick icebreaker question from our box of prompts. Um, so I'm going to go and pull one out of the box now. Uh, she doesn't know what I'm going to ask her, and we're going to see how she responds. This is really being recorded live. I have no idea what's coming out of this box. Okay, so Martine, which of your personality traits would you like to change? Oh my goodness, would I like to change? Um, this is really interesting because I've got my husband sitting next to me, so I feel like it's not really only my decision here. Which would I like to change? I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes I kind of get very enthusiastic about something and I jump in all guns blazing. And I think a personality trait for me would be just to kind of take the time to think things through properly um i'm not a very um risk averse person so i don't mind taking chances and just seeing what happens it's the same type of thing when we went skiing one time and i have no problem just flying down a hill and if i fall i fall whereas gavin's a lot more cautious so i think kind of there's pros and cons of both but i think for me it would kind of be just to take the just to take the breathing time to think things through i don't know if that's considered a personality trait but does that work so you think that you kind of jump to conclusions too soon? I might do, yeah. Without doing the analysis before. I might do. But as I say, I've got my husband next to me, so he's obviously going to use this <laughs> as ammunition at some point. Uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes afterwards. We, we'd have to hear how you respond to this one. Um, so which of your personality traits would you most like to change? So back back to the podcast. Um, so obviously we wanted to share with you why it's important to build your brand um, and why it's more important now than ever. Now, for Sendable, for me personally, you know, I never really focused on the brand in the company. Uh, for a long time, we had no brand at Sendable. It was just, um, you know, a software tool. You didn't really get to see the people behind the company. It was, you know, all very um, kind of, we, we kind of masked the fact that we were a small company. We pretended to be much larger than we were. Um, if you listen to one of the uh, older episodes on the Sendable Insider podcast, you'll hear a story uh, where I created a fake employee called Lisa because I wanted people to think we were much bigger than we were. 
Um, so I went to SASDOC in about 2018, which is a big software as a service conference. And everyone spoke about, you know, there's 7,000 other products in the market today, all doing the same thing, uh, offering marketing solutions to businesses. And in order for you to stand out, you have to build a brand. You know, if everyone is doing the exact same thing and you don't stand for anything different, then, you know, your customers won't know who to choose. I think it's just that classic kind of image of like, I, I kind of think of this as like everybody standing on the rooftop of a tall building and saying, pick me, pick me, I'm the best, I'm the best. How do you actually stand out as, as whether you are the best or you aren't? How, do, how are you heard and how are you seen in this, this um, image of all these people standing there shouting, pick me, pick me, I'm the best? Yeah, so after realizing this, you know, that this is where things are headed, you know, you need to build a brand. We decided to change our approach uh, at Sendable. Um, I spent probably about a month drafting a brand strategy, rewriting our vision, our values, building up a narrative, like what does our brand stand for? What's the problem in the world that we're seeing? Um, and I think, I think the biggest thing was those, those brand values. Like what do we want our customers and our prospects to think of when they come across Sendable? So every interaction with us needs to represent those values. Um, and one of them was authenticity. So being open, being transparent, being real, you know, sharing our, our learnings, our failures. And I think that was, that was the pivotal moment. So authenticity and being transparent was one of the biggest things that transformed our business. So after drafting this brand strategy, that's when we launched our, our previous podcast, where we started sharing the behind the scenes story at Sendable. We also introduced like new uh, policies where we would remove all of our stock images from the website and only use images of real people, you know, real customers, real employees. So to really, really stand out and be unique in the market. And this has kind of continued to evolve over time. Um, and ever since we started that change, we've seen that customers have been falling in love with our brand because they've, they've gotten to know us much better. So I'm going to pose the question, uh, Martine, uh, why is it so important, do you think, to focus on building your brand these days? So I just think that these days we're completely inundated with people who do the exact same thing that sell the exact same tool or service and the the problem is is that we are completely consumed with all these people saying that they've got the best and they do what they do is the best and the service that they offer is the best and we're just completely inundated and our brains are exploding with not and we actually have no idea how to sift through everything. I mean, even if you just go on social media and you just see all the ads that you're being targeted. I mean, Gavin can go <laughs> looking for something, and then suddenly I'm being targeted on things, and just because he's in the same house as me. And it's just even if I like something, then I carry on scrolling, and there's 25 more versions of the same product. And um, I just think we're completely, completely consumed. No one knows you, um, what, what to choose, who to choose. There's no way of filtering through all this information. It's all just noise. And we're just consumed with too much noise at the moment. Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, you're, you're, you know, as a business owner, your customers are spoiled for choice. I mean, everyone is trying to steal their attention, you know, take their, their time away from them. And as a result of all this information overload, everyone trying to attract people's attention, um, our attention spans are shrinking. You know, last time I checked, they said it was like less than eight seconds. Um, it's probably even less than that now with so much content being produced. So it's really just getting so hard to attract new customers, not just eyeballs, but actual loyal customers. I was just going to say, I don't even think if I'm scrolling through a, a social media feed and I see all those ads, I don't even think they, I give them eight seconds of my attention because it's just too much of it. Yeah, I think people are just getting better at ignoring all things that are inauthentic, like ads, as you said, even salespeople. 
I mean, uh, when's the last time you answered a sales call? I did the other day and I told him that I wasn't interested because I was busy. <laughs> so sometimes I like to have a go with them and I like just test their sales skills, but that's a, that's a different, different, them off script. different episode. <laughs> um, and, you know, our customers have access to all the information already. You know, we don't have to sell to them. You know, they can go look at reviews, ask a question on Facebook. Um, you know, that's how they're getting the information to make buying decisions. I think also, I think nowadays when people are coming like to use a service, they don't need to be sold to as much. I think they're, they're coming 90% of the way there, really, because they've done all that research. That's the thing. I think before, with this cold calling mentality like of you know many years ago, you, know, you would be selling to somebody who had no idea. If you think back to the people arriving at your door selling books and things, you know, you've no idea about what's in them or uh, uh, you know, what, what, what they can offer you. So you you're going in blind you're being sold to blind and then there are all these specials and everything and then before you know it you've bought uh, you know 25 books inside the encyclopedia mm. i don't know if that's only in south africa <laughs> but um you know so on your doorstep so i think now by the time the customer actually picks up the phone to the company they're 90 percent of the way there because they've done all that research themselves mm. that's that's so true but um you know businesses are still just investing in advertising so people are still trying to get the eyeballs trying to get attention you know throwing money into facebook ads google ads uh, but the thing is that people are actually getting much better um, at ignoring ads, as I said before. And they're installing ad blockers. So we're seeing an increased trend in ad blockers being installed. Uh, it's roughly like 25.8% of internet users were blocking ads um, in 2019. So it's even more now. So the uh, you know ads are no longer a solution to try to get people to pay attention to what you have to say. And it's interesting if that's the business's strategy is to do ads and then all these ad blockers. Now, how else do they get? Yeah. And even even if you do get a click from your ad, um, you know, from, let's say, Facebook. The problem is that Facebook is trying to keep their users in the feed for as long as possible, whereas advertisers are trying to drive people away. So it doesn't really work as a long-term solution. There needs to be something else that businesses can invest in to help them grow over the long term. Yeah, so all of this just means that businesses are becoming far less effective at influencing a purchasing decision. Um, customers can no longer be sold to. They make the buying decision themselves. Uh, so, so what does this mean? This means that really um, the most difficult thing to, do, to get today is someone's full attention. People are skimming through content, accessing all this you know, social media, ads, etc. Um, and we need to earn their trust to get their attention. And I think that the best way to earn someone's trust is to build a solid brand, not for what you're selling or what you, you know, to try to get someone's money in return, but to really offer value for nothing else, but, but just they're, they're, they're having their trust. And I think to show who you are as a, as a business, I think that's a massive part of trust, who you are. You're not just somebody who sells whatever service it is or whatever tool it is. It's who you are, what you stand for, how yeah. you stand out. So as I was saying before, like when I had this fake employee called Lisa, pretended we were this massive company, um, you know, that actually did us a disservice because I was pushing people away from being able to trust us by being so fake and inauthentic. You know, I was just driving the, those customers who would have followed us for our story away from us. But I, I, I think um, it's a very important kind of lesson and I can see that people make that mistake a lot. And I'm not convinced that it's a 100% a mistake, but I think that you have to know what to, what to embrace. And the thing is, it's very difficult. If you think about, right, so let's give the example of you want an estate agent for your house. 
you've got a really expensive house and you want the best estate agent. Are you going to take the person who has sold 2,000 properties that look just like yours in the local area? Or are you going to take the person or you're going to employ the, the agent who's just started and who has sold one? And the thing is, you don't want that one person to pretend that he's sold 100 because that's inauthentic and you're going to trust him even less. But at the same time, you want that one person to be like, I've sold one, I own that, I'm proud of that, and because I've only got one and not 2,000 that I'm managing, I can give you X and I can give you Y. And you have to take that, what you would call a slight negative, like Gavin being a one-man band in the early days and having a fake employee. You take it and run with it and use it to your advantage. So don't make it something that you're shying away from, something that's embarrassing. Everyone has to start somewhere. But it's saying, this is me, this is who I am, because it's just me, I can give you so much more than the person who's managing yeah. 2,000 properties. That's very true. I think um, just the way I like to look at it is, you know, we, we're no longer selling a product or a service. We're actually selling trust. That's the new currency. That's how you get someone to pay attention to you. They don't care about how amazing your service is or your product is. They care about how much they can trust you, you know, what, what you can do for them. And I think the other thing is how you can make them feel. It's all about, you know, if you can make someone feel good, that's, that's another great way to build trust. People often think that brand is your, your logo, your color scheme, you know, how you appear to the public. But that's exactly it. Your appearance to the public is your authenticity. It's like, how real can you be? No one cares about your brand or your color scheme or whatever it is. They care about how you can make them feel uh, when they come into contact with your business. And one thing I like to reflect on is Nike. If you take Nike as an example, you don't see Nike cold calling people saying, come buy our shoes, come buy our shoes, come buy our shoes like a typical salesperson would, the brand does the selling for them. People know that Nike has quality shoes. You know, um, they, they trust the brand already. They go out to buy the product rather than have to be sold to uh, about the product. So, And they, they've built this brand because of the stories they tell and because of the athletes they have representing the brand. And I think that's, that's a, a good lesson and a good um, thing to aspire to as a, as a business owner.